Hi everyone, and welcome to this special episode which is part of the British Ecological Society's 2023 series for Black History Month. Our aim is to provide a platform for black ecologists to highlight the brilliant research they're doing and to discuss wider experiences within ecology. Today, I'm delighted to be talking to Yosef Araya, who is currently working at the Open University as a senior lecturer, with a particular focus on the functional relationships between plants and the environment. Without further ado, let's get started. So first of all, could you briefly introduce yourself and tell us how you got into studying ecology? Yes, I am Yosef Araya. I'm a senior lecturer in ecology and environmental sciences at the Open University. I started out by studying agriculture, especially crop science, in Eritrea, where I was a student. Why did I choose that? Uh, Because I think I liked biology and nature, and uh, I thought it would be a good way to study plants. Uh, So that's how I started with. But uh, I didn't have much idea about the depths and breadth of where plants can get in. I mean, not only producing food, but also the ecosystem services and even, you know, the aesthetics of it as well. So I was glad I chose to study something which has broad range of applications in everywhere, really. Yeah, no, definitely. That's something that, that people have spoken about before with ecology, that it just interlinks to practically everything. And I think that's what makes it quite interesting. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. What are you currently researching and what inspired you to study that area? It might be similar reasons, but yeah, what are you currently working on? Yeah, uh, I have looked at various things in my academic career. I mean, I was fascinated with how plants grow. You know, if you think about it, plants need only four or so things. They need sunlight, water, nutrients, and and oxygen, and they just grow. But the diversity is enormous. Like, I don't know, we probably have half a million plant species uh, which have been identified. And I always wondered, how do those plants survive with only those four needs yeah ingredients and i and i was fascinated this the concept of species coexistence why do we have these particular plants in this region in this area and uh, so as part of that i was always fascinated how to grow the plants we need uh, the level we want them and where we want them as well so that has made up a big part of my research in agriculture and also in ecology but more recently, I have been more keen about, you know, the plants grow and there are physical and biological resources around. But how about our relationships with them? And I'm very keen about the aesthetic values and, you know, the parks we have, yeah. uh, the botanic gardens in the years ago past. And also thinking about, you know, well-being elements. You can even go into the art that was inspired by plants since ancient times. So I'm very keen recently on how we relate to plants and especially making them accessible to everyone. And uh, that's part of the social dimension of what I'm interested in in recent times. 
Yeah, no, that's really, really interesting. I think especially since probably the, the COVID-19 pandemic, I think it made people really realise how important access to nature and everything like that is. I did a geography degree, so semi-interlinked. And actually for my uh, master's degree, this was during COVID, so it was quite difficult to get out there and research. I looked at nature and people's perceptions of nature, but through the digital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I actually like got people to, to, to use games to discuss how they interacted with nature and stuff. So yours is like a much more real life version almost. <laughs> but, you know, the link is very strong in between the two. I think uh, people like to see something green and I think it is hardwired into our evolutionary history. And our link with nature is uh, something fundamental. So you might be playing it as a game because, you know, a child may say the value of a tree is for climbing, (laughs) Uh, while an ecologist might be talking about other ecosystem services. So... It is good. There is increasing studies coming up demonstrating the benefit of green spaces. And also they talk about blue spaces for people. And incorporating the digital element is really important because it shows us what people are looking at, like what are people taking pictures of. So it's a way, it's kind of providing a mirror for us to reflect people's perceptions and uh, it's a great tool as well. I mean, if you look at any computer screensaver, you can't miss nature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that is, that's very true. It's, I feel like it almost reflects people's, people's need to, to be more yeah. connected to the natural world. It's really interesting. Moving on to the next question. So obviously we're, we're chatting partly in relation to Black History Month. So with that in mind, how would you describe the impact of being part of the Black community on your academic career so far? Yeah, I mean, it is fascinating and I'm somehow concerning that certain disciplines are not popular with minorities. Mm. Uh, and ecology is happens to be one of them. Uh, I think from a report I heard, you know, after farming, it's probably the, one of the least diverse fields. And uh, I, I, also, we don't have a good reason to explain everything. There are a lot of some anecdotal evidence coming, showing that it is linked to accessibility and uh, also related to relationship with the environment. I mean, when I was studying uh, in Africa, I think... Mm-hmm. You know, agriculture was probably for not the most popular subject because uh, many people were on subsistence living and it wasn't considered as a way out compared to engineering or medicine, for example. But increasing and, and in developed places, probably there were more appealing subjects to come as well. So there might be some reasons like that, but I also hear that People need to feel comfortable in the countryside and outside in the parks, in the green spaces. So, yeah, we could do with more diversity in ecology and environmental sciences. And uh, I think the answer probably lies a bit further down beyond university, but going back to school and people's interaction with nature and experience outdoors as well. Yeah. 
So that is something I look at, uh, something we have to work on occasion of uh, this month where we look at Black history. Yeah, because I think quite a few people I've spoken to in general on the podcast, if you ask them when they became interested in nature and ecology, people often say since they were they were very young, they might have had a lot of experiences outside growing up. So I think that's definitely a really something really interesting for people to think about in that that may have quite a big impact on yeah. as you grow up and, and what you get involved in. I mean, we shouldn't underestimate the opportunities you get uh, to experience personally, uh, you know, but also yeah. to experience in uh, the media as well. For example, mm. you know, TV documentaries are a big thing. I mean, you know, Sir Richard Attenborough, is one of the big examples which has inspired many. So there are occasions that way as well, where people can experience nature secondhand through other media. And that could also help. Uh, In terms of thinking of it from diversifying ecologists and people interested in environment, I guess we could do more visibility of minorities, high-profile ecologists which uh, historically we don't seem to have many of yeah and i guess my feeling is if people see you know people who look like them in various forms uh, and i think that would be another way to get in people apart from the personal experience of nature itself as well yeah no, that's that's some really good food for thought especially on on our end because i think as BES, you know, as a society, that's something we're trying to, you know, improve and, and make people feel more mm-hmm. represented. And yeah, no, that's that's really interesting. Thank you. Linking on quite well from that, actually, are there any ongoing issues in the ecological community or the wider academic landscape more broadly that you've experienced or would maybe like to highlight to bring some awareness to? Yeah, I mean... Uh, obviously uh, history is evolving and we are always reflecting and trying to improve uh, you know past historical uh, uh, shortcomings for example and in that sense I look at uh, I think the issue of diversity is being taken more seriously I mean diversity in all aspects and especially in ecology and environmental sciences not only it is because less diverse but because the environment is belongs to all of us and yeah. and with all our responsibility. So in that sense, um, I think we should be working more to address issues that are kind of acting as barriers to, for example, people not feeling included in, yeah. in, the, in the natural spaces, for example. That is one way. Yeah. And second is also creating opportunities, especially with uh, you know younger um, people, opportunities for them to experience nature, you know, as it should be. Uh, so I hear a lot of outdoor clubs and gardening clubs, which are one way to they need to be brought in, especially to those who can't yeah. afford or who are not able to. I mean, we have a lot of green spaces that can be used. Uh, it doesn't always have to be somewhere really exotic, but, you know, even really urban centres have uh, 
you know pockets of nature which people can engage yeah and uh, of course addressing the education system is also uh, important i mean uh, i know we are talking a lot about climate change but also similarly biodiversity loss is another element of that as well which needs to be emphasized more yeah and uh, increased visibility would be another good thing as well i mean you know everyone needs heroes to follow or be inspired by and for example we have plenty visible ones in sports for example but maybe we we need more of that in sciences and especially ecology as well yeah. because yeah. i think inspiring the younger generation is definitely will make it better to the future yeah so these are just some groups but also intergenerational approach is also very good i mean creating opportunities where the young can experience with you know with their older uh, members as well because especially if you go in some localities there is a lot of indigenous knowledge for example traditional mm-hmm. experiential knowledge which could easily be lost and that should be uh, able to find its way to be shared among the communities as well so yeah i'm inspired to hear a lot of hiking groups walking groups especially post covid uh, or during covid which have kind of created opportunities for everyone yeah yeah i think what really comes across as well in what you're saying is that sense of the fact that the natural world is shared and <laughs> ultimately everyone has a right to experience it and enjoy it and mm-hmm. i suppose sadly at the moment help protect it with you know everything going on really really interesting indeed i mean yeah we have one planet to share and uh, yeah. i think the more diversity is is a merrier in many ways <laughs> yeah definitely bit of a similar question now but more specifically focused on academia if you were able to change one thing that would positively impact black ecologists what do you think that one thing would be uh, oh shared experience i think yeah Yeah. opportunities to talk and share experiences i think that is really useful i mean uh recently i have been going with a walking group and we have been doing a project uh, they are called uh, daddy mass uh, walking group uh, set up by a group of uh, asian uh, women and mm-hmm. uh, partners i mean daddy mass means grand grand grandparents mm-hmm. and uh, it's an intergenerational walk and open for everyone and uh, we've been exploring nature and telling stories uh, sharing uh, some lovely tea and some snacks <laughs> and uh, it has been enriching for all of us involved i mean uh, you know yeah. you get the diversity you get the multicultural experience we get to talk and then of course we get to tell stories about nature and Uh, fascinatingly that our experience of nature you know even though like 5000 miles apart from each other geographically is very familiar and uh, yeah and it has been going strong and uh, that kind of inspires me to think we should create more opportunities for experiencing nature together uh, as others and as a community and 
it's also very helpful for well-being as well. Definitely, it's kind of um, dual purpose. You you you're able to, like you said, share share things with each other, which is always a lovely thing to do anyway, um, and feel better inside as well for well-being. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, it sounds really and, lovely. Uh, and making friends as well, which is another uh, level of getting to know people and uh, sharing their experience. It has been very fruitful. Yeah, no, it sounds lovely. <laughs> I might have to um I'll see if there's see if there's anything near me because actually does sound really nice <laughs> it does I think there is plenty which have been coming up and uh, I think uh, I have been fascinated how many there are yeah uh, there are people for example walking for health reasons uh, there are people walking for experiencing the outdoor special places and uh, people have various uh, reasons, actually, but I think it just fascinates me that they are able to do it in the natural green spaces. Yeah. I have even heard of NHS therapies, uh, you know, counselling being undertaken outdoors. They call it green therapy as well, and it's been really helpful for the people instead of discussing in a you know, white-painted office very clinical kind of yeah yeah so the, the experience the reasons vary and i have heard of you know church services being undertaken in parks so the, the and you know people celebrating some of holidays with a barbecue outdoors as well <laughs> yeah and uh, at the end of the day i have a feeling that kind of putting nature in how we live is the way to go and there are plenty of groups uh, looking at local communities yeah definitely i think things seem to be moving in the right direction yeah if, if more of these groups are you know kind of springing up in different areas and giving people that opportunity to chat and meet others and connect with nature all in one then that's that can only be a good thing basically yeah yeah going to actually return to the idea you mentioned earlier about role models who are your role models so this could be within ecology or beyond it it is uh that's a really good question actually and uh, uh too often i mean there are many good examples and people i really get inspiration from who you know i have studied with i have worked with and people i have met in various occasions but I guess as we are talking about Black History Month, oh, I can say I have actually briefly met the person. <laughs> uh, she's a, a Nobel Prize winner. Wow. one <laughs> Swangari Matai. She is uh, from Kenya. And uh, we met in London when she came to give a talk at House of Parliament, I have a feeling. Now, although I come from the same region, I didn't know her until... She won the Nobel Prize. <laughs> but reading her story and following her up, what fascinates me is uh, she was a woman. Mm -hmm. She was an African. And she was probably the first PhD graduate in ecology in East Africa. Wow. So in the 70s, she had to overcome a lot of barriers. Yeah. You know, there is gender that is also even associated in politics. She had was not taken seriously. Mm -hmm. And culturally, uh, she was 
challenged because she separated with her husband at the time. And yet she carried on with something called the Green Belt Movement, which was women empowered to plant trees because then when their children grow up, you know, the trees, the wood can be used to pay school fees Mm -hmm. or various, and of course, the environmental benefits of avoiding soil erosion. Mm -hmm. And uh, her view is something that fascinates me because she understands where she grew up in the local realities of the challenges of development. And she carried on despite, you know, when she won the Nobel Prize, she already had 30 years of struggling against the existing government, 30 years of being taken to jail, being beaten up, and yet she came up as, you know, with forgiveness and she even worked with the future government to address environmental issues. So her story fascinates me and uh, also sadly she left us uh, about 10, 12 years ago. I think, like you said, there's a lot of barriers, sadly, that she had to overcome. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the thing that, that sticks with you about it is the perseverance, I think, and the ability to keep going and, and pushing and definitely something to be admired, definitely. Yes, yeah, you've said it perfectly. The perseverance to keep on going and too often we can feel the environmental challenges we face are enormous and there is always a tendency to, you know, I'm too small to do any difference and to give up. But I think every little helps and we should keep struggling and trying to do our best is what we can. And I think when like-minded people connect, uh, like, you know, the British Ecological Society is one, Mm -hmm. Uh, there is more chance you'll be heard, uh, you know, with uh, powers or decision makers. And uh, even the public can take heart and act in the right way. So we have a responsibility, not only to our personal level, but also to help lead from the front and support, you know, the good changes that we need to be made. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's that, it's the kind of thinking as well of it it's almost easier sometimes for people to just give up but you sort of think if everyone gives up nothing changes so it takes like the people to kind of lead from the front to then inspire others to do the same and give people that confidence yeah absolutely absolutely well moving on from that this is actually fits on perfectly from this so the the theme this year is celebrating women and leading on from that, I mean, I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if that can necessarily be beaten in terms of role models. But are there any black ecologists or groups who are doing work that you admire? This could be people you work with, like some of your peers, or any women that yeah you really admire, essentially in in the field. There are many. I mean, I'm glad to see that. The representation, for example, in the school I work with, uh, women are quite uh, represented well mm-hmm. in my in the academic group I work with, and they are doing fascinating projects. I mean, I think just to pick a very close example is this uh, Dadima's walking group, which I mentioned. 
a group which started with the people's need to be outdoors and experience nature yeah. as you know a mature mothers and grandmothers and it has grown to create a connection with people uh, working and including everyone you know from other backgrounds as well to come and join and appreciate nature so definitely working with Dadimas and uh, the two leading uh, persons uh, Dr. Gita Lutra and her husband Subash Lutra had been very fascinating and my colleagues uh, who work on that like Professor Warren and you know a few of the other men as well <laughs> Marcus Rick has been really fascinating and uh, we have enjoyed working together in this so I think that could be a very close example, a very recent example I could mention. In general, I feel there are lots of people, charities, individuals, activists working together. And it's fascinating the more you know about them. And I feel, you know, getting a chance to talk and to share ideas and, you know, to work together is definitely something I would look forward to in the coming years. Yeah, no, definitely. That was actually a perfect end to the questions <laughs> a really nice way to i think to round it off <laughs> ah, thank you it was a it was a pleasure to talk and you know share ideas and i hope it inspires some more people <laughs> <laughs>